0: I wonder if this game is a little more overshadowed because I don't think we really know how good either of these two teams are. Right. Uh, like they, they both have perfect records, but Penn State's faced face the, the 90th rated schedule in the country. Michigan's faced the 95th rated schedule in the country. Like the Penn State win at Auburn. It's like, yeah, okay, Auburn's terrible. Uh, I, I, maybe Michigan, okay, you beat Iowa. Like, I don't think we really know how good either of these teams are.
1: That's right. I mean, we don't necessarily know what these teams are at this point. I mean, it is week seven, you know, so hopefully at some point the quality of these teams will reveal themselves. I mean, goodness gracious, we did actually have a year, though, where this was 2014. It was the first year of the college football playoff. You remember this Florida State was undefeated. And yet, they looked awful in the process. So we're sitting there. It's like, why does Florida State look so bad? But yet, they're undefeated. This team finds a way. They're so good. They're so resilient. And then they play Oregon and get their doors blown off. So maybe we won't know anything about any of these teams until playoff time. And then you really find out. But (laughs) welcome to the Thursday edition of Always College Football. Today is October 13th. We appreciate you being with us. It's been a blast being with you all week this week, I've had some great conversations, I've had some great interviews, and another one comes at you today as Chris Bear, Felica will join us like he does every single Thursday. We're going to try to make you money right here on Always College Football. So without much further ado, let's talk about it. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough Conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear. More driven. All right. Well, welcome in every single Thursday. He's Chris the Bear Felica. Time to make you some money. Bear, I, I checked the column the other day, and this was going into last week. A cool 21 and 8 against the spread. Yeah, how,
0: how about that?
1: Not Was bad. That eight eight?
0: No, 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 not bad at all.
1: 21-8, and eight. Uh, that will get you paid. That is being on the winning side of things, that's for sure, Bear. So good start, man. Let's finish strong Thank you, sir. as we're at the midway point. All right, let's take a peek at it this week. few things coming up. Let's start with tonight's action. A couple games that really caught my eye. I really like the card this week, I might add. Just start there, okay? I really okay. like the card. This week, I'm hoping that you do as well. Let's start with tonight. Baylor and West Virginia. (laughs) This line opened at two and a half, quickly steamed at three and a half. And I'm leaning towards West Virginia, Bear. I want that field goal with the hook at home. And I think West Virginia, in a desperate situation, might be able to get it done against the Bears. But that defense concerns me for West Virginia a little bit, too, especially with the Bears coming off a bye. So what do you make of this game?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, the latter part of your statement is what would concern me—a West Virginia defense that can certainly give up some some big plays and kind of get 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 pushed around. Certainly against Baylor, off of the idle week, coming off the loss against Oklahoma State, and 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 the, and the way Grimes and Shapen can really run uh, that offense. So, yeah, I would play Baylor if I had to play the game. I ultimately don't have like. Before the year started, I thought West Virginia was a team that I really had no idea what way it was going to go, and nothing would surprise me. I still don't have a great feel on the uh, on the Mountaineers, but 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 I, I tend to lean towards the uh, I guess let's just say them being uh, being less than uh, less good than I would expect them to be. <laughs> I, Fair I, I guess that's the uh, I guess that's the best way of saying it.
1: I think that's a very fair way of summing it all up. Uh, tomorrow night's action: SMU and Navy. Uh, SMU trying to get back on track had that awful performance against UCF, Ooh. especially in the second how, half.
0: How bad was like like I understand it though with all the stuff that that that's going on with the players asking for for the for the four game deal that way they can, right. like that, that seems like that ship could go south.
1: Really, it could, really quickly. It it could, but you still have good players. Like you still have good wideouts. you still have a good quarterback. Like, yes, okay, maybe the culture is on shaky footing, but man, there's nothing I've seen from Navy up to this point to make me feel like they can keep it close. So I kinda like SMU in a bounce back spot. That line opened twelve and a half up to thirteen right now in some places, can still get it at twelve and a half in others. But right now, any action on the Friday slate bear before we get to Saturday?
0: nah th- th- this is a this is actually good. This would be a nice Friday to be able to to kick back, get get, get to bed early on Friday and rest <laughs> up for what's going to be a, a a massive Saturday.
1: You don't Plums like that Friday kids. night squeeze, staying up past midnight, knowing well, you got an early morning.
0: It's fun. It's funny because last week, um, Houston was right. uh, the, the, my play in the uh, last man standing contest that a buddy of mine. And I kind of kind of split out there in Vegas, and Houston was our play and right after uh they got stopped uh on the on the one yard line or whatever and it looked like Memphis was going to go ninety ninety nine yards to go up. I guess it would have baited twenty four ten maybe at the time and like they were about to go in and I just flipped the channel like yeah first and goal before I flipped the channel and uh I was like, I said I'm done. I've seen enough Houston football this year. And uh, went to bed all upset and angry and mad that my last man standing run was over. And then <laughs> I woke up and you like you see like a bunch of texts on the phone like before you. Oh yeah. And I'm I, I didn't I didn't look at them first and I'm like let me just check the scores because I'm like I knew Nevada played Colorado State and I got a Nevada season win total under so I'm like maybe I got lucky in four with the boys from Fort Collins and I clicked on the scores and. The first thing I saw was like the bold arrow, Houston 30. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and, then, and then I had to go back and read the text chain. So, yeah, I went to bed early last Friday night, and uh, it turned out I missed a, a really wild fourth quarter.
1: Waking up to more, a winner. More, never more story, that. never turning early. Yeah, I'm about to say it's it. but well, the good thing, uh, it's better to wake up to a winner than to wake up to a loser, bear. Uh, <laughs> I think we've both been on that side of the coin, yes. regardless of how many games you've played in your career. It's easy to wake up to, that's for sure. Let's get started with one of the games of the weekend. You're going to be there for game day, Alabama at Tennessee. Uh, this line's at seven and a half. Everyone and their brother seems to be on Tennessee <laughs> right now, and understandably so. Like, I yeah, thought Tennessee yeah. looked phenomenal last week. They were, they were awesome last week. week. They were fantastic last week. Bama lethargic, not a great performance. Backup quarterback in the game. Still questions about Bryce Young, whether or not he plays. He doesn't play. I think he's going to. But I, I'm leaning Bama here in this spot, Bear, and and it's partly because of where the line opened up and the amount of tickets that are already coming in on the Volunteers right now. 83 percent of the tickets on the Tennessee Volunteers, 77 percent of the money. On the volunteers, and yet that line is stagnant at seven
0: and a half. Yeah, it, it's Alabama and or pass from me as well. Uh, you, you hit on the number at seven and a half. It's basically okay. Everybody, hop on the home dog plus the hook um, in, in a, a situation where everyone's talking about Bryce Young and is he going to play? Not going to play? I think he is going to play. I agree with you, uh, Greg. The, on the other side, like I don't think like we've heard definitively Cedric Kilman, yes or no for Tennessee. Like right. they, they can get away with that against, against Florida and Pitt. And, and when I pick it up, but LSU, I, they, they're okay, but that's going to be, if you can't go Saturday, that is a, a massive deal. Right. And you just look at the, and you just look at the rivalry. Like it's, you can kind of make the case and twist the numbers both ways. Like in last meeting, like the last 11 games against Florida and last 11 meetings against Alabama and Georgia, they've lost by an average of 31 points a game and none closer than 22. And If you go back to just just Alabama, it's 15 straight losses by 26 points a game, and only two have been decided by fewer than 14 points. Then you just come to the flip side of you want to make the case for Tennessee, First time since 2008, they're a single digit underdog, and if you look at Alabama, last 14 games versus SEC opponents, eight have either been a loss or a single digit win, and that's the same number that they had in the previous 49 games. Right. So, like maybe it's a, maybe it's the perfect situation for Tennessee and there to get that win that they're so, so desperately seeking, to try and get through. But but I, I, I mean, just. Knowing what I have observed as a college football fan, reporter, whatever you want to call me, idiot, <laughs> I, I think this is probably a spot where you're going to get Alabama's best game. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure you playing for Nick Saban and you playing at Alabama off of the performance they had last week with the backup quarterback in there. Some other things went on. Uh, now you get your you, if you do get Bryce back, like I, I think this is probably. I would expect Alabama to probably come out and play their best game of the year. But at the same time, I do understand those who do want to take Tennessee
1: plus the points here. It makes perfect sense. And I believe me, it's not one of those where it's like, Oh yeah, this is Bama. What a lock. No, like this is a tricky one because I think Tennessee actually matches up really well against Alabama, but the line and where it, where it's at and seeing just how public Tennessee is it just it it makes me feel very hesitant to jump on that side it feels a little bit like when everyone and their brother took Alabama as an underdog against Georgia in the national championship game only to see Georgia ultimately get the job done. Let's move next Mm -hmm. to a game involving top 10 teams as well. This is Penn State and Michigan, a game that's a little bit overshadowed by the bama Tennessee game, but probably shouldn't be. I don't know why it is. This line, to me, opened up. The books were all over the place on the open, Bear. Some books had it at 10. Some books had it at 6.5. It's settled now in there around 7 in favor of Michigan. I lean Penn State. I think this is going to be a really close game. And both teams, I think, Michigan's more battle-tested, but Penn State, I expect to play really well here. So I would take the points on the road with the Nittany Lions. Do you have a lean?
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you in taking Penn State. I, I wonder if this game is a little more overshadowed because I don't think we really know how good either of these two teams are. Right, uh, like they, they both have perfect records, but Penn State's faced face the the 90th rated schedule in the country. Michigan's faced the 95th rated schedule in the country. Like the Penn State win at Auburn, it's like yeah, okay, Auburn's terrible. Uh, I, I, maybe Michigan, okay, you beat Iowa. I, I, like I don't think we really know how good either of these teams are. Um, I think the best unit on the field is the Penn State defense. Uh, so that would give me an edge uh, in, in taking Penn State on the road, uh, plus the seven points. The one thing that, when we talk about Tennessee and, and, and them really needing that breakthrough win and their fans dying for it, like you look at Penn State under James Franklin, two and 13 versus top 10 teams. Mm. And since upsetting Wisconsin to win that 2016 Big Tension Championship game, 0-9, oh, however, five of them were decided by four points or fewer. So, like, they're getting – like, like they're close. They're in these games, but something always goes – whether it's a, a decision, a turnover, something happens ultimately uh, where the Knit Lions don't pull it out. But I think getting seven points here when you've got a really good secondary against the Michigan team that we still don't know how great uh, their pass offense is, is Quorum Donovan, are they going to be able to get that push – uh, up front to be able to run the ball against a good Penn State defense? I don't know. I'm with you. I would lean Penn State.
1: Yeah, that's the side. Uh, the line that makes no sense of the week uh, that is just, to me, mind-boggling. Oklahoma, a nine-point <laughs> favorite right now against Kansas. Uh, the, I mean, you can only imagine the amount of tickets that are coming in on the Jayhawks. 89% of the tickets on the Jayhawks, 73% of the money and yet this line opened at seven and a half and is now up to nine, just welcoming those Jayhawk tickets mm-hmm. and welcoming that Jayhawk money. Now, I'm sure some of this had to do with Jalen Daniels' injury, but Bean looked pretty good in relief last week, Bear. How can you possibly lay north of a touchdown with the Sooners? You
0: can if Dylan Gabriel plays. Like, like I have to, I saw my list of like things to do this week is to get the, uh, the, the splits of Oklahoma offense with Dylan Gabriel in the game and with, without him, and like since since he got hurt, obviously their offense has been terrible. But they've looked pretty good on offense with him. The problem is going to be the defense. Right? Uh, the defense has given up what thirty more points than any any other uh, team in the Big Twelve. Where they've scored the third fewest points as a result of, of Gabriel being out. But uh, I would, if I had to play the game, I'd lay the points because y- you wonder. Now that Kansas suffered that loss, and now you're on your backup quarterback. Like, does that does that tend to lead the season down and unfortunate? But where maybe they, I think they're too well coached for it to really spiral out of control. I think the culture there is great, uh, but the, the injury to Daniels does trouble me, uh, especially against an offense that's going to be pretty desperate. Um, the start of the game, the start of the game is going to be so so important here because uh, that's a fan base that if they start poorly uh, they're going to hear about it. Oh, yeah. I would expect I would expect Dylan Gabriel to play. I would expect the Oklahoma offense to, to get right. I would expect a high scoring game. Uh, I would lay the points with OU. I mean, this yep. this is going to be this is going to be a contrarian favorite week. Uh <laughs> I I think I think seriously because there are a lot of underdogs out there that are going to be massive public underdogs. We've hit on a couple already. I think Oklahoma State's going to be one. I think USC's going to be one. Right. So th- if you if you are a a favorite player, th- this could be your week because I think the the, the books are going to wind up needing a lot of favorites this week.
1: Yeah, it it does seem like a favorite week for sure. And and I am not <laughs> I'm not usually a, I'm not usually into the favorites. Uh, I for one like unders and dogs. And this this week doesn't feel. Uh, like a week where I'm following my instincts. Uh, let's get next to another really interesting dog on the road at Utah is USC. They're now three and a half point dogs playing against the 20th ranked youth. Now, I think Utah's got a lot of issues on defense. Uh, now, I think UCLA is yes. good on UCLA is very good on offense, and it's probably going to look worse than it actually is. But Utah's got major issues on defense. I don't think they could stop USC. But I also don't think SC is really clicking offensively right now. I think that, if anything, they're kind of struggling. So in what might be a shootout, do you favor the team that's at home being Utah? You, pr- you, you probably
0: do. And this is another game where uh, the, the line is telling you a lot. You, you've, you've got the, the, the 6-0 and team. Uh, That's an underdog to a team with two losses. Uh, If if you go back since 2015, there have been 15 instances where you've had a situation like that. 6-0 or better, dog versus a team with two losses. Those 15 teams are 3-12 straight up. So, like, the the, the numbers and the power ratings I think you need to trust here. But but, but you're right. This is probably an over-type game. Uh, Because I think you mentioned it, like everyone, I think last week kind of got caught up a little bit in the Utah defense, Utah up front physicality, dominating on. This is a different Utah; they are not built like that right now. Right, Uh, they're a little smallish, and and UCLA really controlled the line of scrimmage and and just went up and down the field. Uh, I would lean towards Utah here, just because I have not been super impressed with with the USC defense. Uh, Caleb's been a little off the last couple of games as well. And and you know, at some point they're going to have that game where they don't ultimately win the turnover battle and and things potentially go wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think Salt Lake is a really good opportunity for that to happen. I would lay the points with Utah.
1: Yeah, it certainly feels that way. I feel like Yes, last week they had some drives that were extended by penalty. Like Travis Dye was amazing, but man, at some point, SC is going to lose. This team is not, to me, operating or clicking on all cylinders. At some point, they're going to get got, and it might be this week as Utah is in desperation mode with their season kind of hanging in the balance at four and two. Let's go next to Fort Worth. You referenced it. Oklahoma State currently a four-point dog at TCU. Um, I love TCU. I do. I think they're excellent. Uh, And I love both quarterbacks in this matchup, but man, I think we are completely overlooking what Oklahoma state's done up to this point. Now, last week was far from a flawless performance from Spencer Sanders. Uh, I think Oklahoma state is far from flawless in general, but Mm -hmm. I also am not overwhelmingly impressed with TCU defensively. So I kind of lean Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State here getting points in a game in which I think it's a coin toss as far as personnel
0: well well, this is the, the I, I mean depending on what the line closes at, these are the types of games uh, we've talked about it that uh, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State has been really good these games that are that th- three 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 and a half like either way favorite underdog uh, how they've really succeeded and won a good number of those games but I worry a little bit that Oklahoma State is a little, a little uh, fugazi, uh, I guess would be fugazi, <laughs> however you want to say it. I, I, I went back and looked. You, you look at the the undefeated, the fifteen undefeated teams remaining, and I looked at how their offense and defense perform. If, if you take the adjusted ex- expected points, um, like Oklahoma State ranks eleventh among the fifteenth offensive teams and twelfth. Uh, amongst the the fifteen teams in defense, so it's like their numbers really aren't super good. Like the only teams there without a top being in the ranking of the top ten either offensively or defensively are Oklahoma State and Coastal Carolina. Hmm. So like I I don't know here. Like look, they got the win at Baylor, uh, they they got the win against Texas Tech, but something tells me TCU is going to play a heck of a lot better uh, defensively this week at home. And that offense right now is just absolutely clicking on all cylinders. Usually, I like Oklahoma State in a perceived close game like this, but but I, I think the Horned Frogs bounce back this week, play well at home, and I, I would lean towards towards laying the points here with TCU despite some of their defensive shortcomings.
1: And very. This could be yeah.
0: this could be this could be one of those traditional Big Ten, absolute rid- ridiculous. You're going to look up, and it's going to be forty nine forty five.
1: Oh, yeah, your Big 12. Yeah, Big 12 matchup. Yes. That, it, I think it does have the old school Big 12, like defense is optional type of game feel. Uh, even though, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it, the Big 12 gotten a lot better on defense, I might add, a lot better. But this game is going to reflect back to like seven years ago uh, when it was two hand touch uh, at some times. Let's look at Clemson and Florida State. This line, I think, shocked a lot of people, Bear. Yes. A lot of people looking at Clemson saying, how the heck. Florida State just lost to NC State, couldn't do anything in the second half, and yet NC State was without their starting quarterback. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at this saying, how can you possibly not bet the house on Clemson laying five? Well, that line is now down to three and a half, 81% of the tickets on the Clemson Tigers. I love the Noles in this spot and probably shouldn't. Talk me in or out of it, Bear.
0: No, I, I, you you probably should or probably shouldn't love FSU.
1: Well, I think I should because of how public Clemson is. But my goodness, that line stinks.
0: Yeah, I was really, really surprised when this number came. out. I thought it might be a situation where maybe the number actually gets bet up to like six or six and a half. Because when I saw the opener at like whatever it was, or I saw it at four, four and a half, I'm like, oh wow, that's a. I'm like, either the books have zero respect for Clemson, or a ton of respect. For Florida State. And I think I I basically settled on uh, the under in this game, Mm. because Clemson's defense, I think, is going to make life miserable up front for the Florida State offense. But at the same time, I can see a scenario where what's the weakness of the Clemson defense? It's the secondary. Florida State does have some guys on the outside. Who I think could cause them some problems, but boy, that front seven makes it really, really hard to uh, to back Florida State with a with a great deal of certainty. So I'm going to stay away from this game because I, I think you can make an argument for I, I. The way you have attacked the game and the way you are seeing it and liking Florida State, the number tells me Florida State is the right side, and how you bet it makes me think that you are on the right side. But uh, but being, I, I'm just looking forward to uh to be in there Saturday and seeing how this thing plays out. Because I think uh, it's funny because I I think Clemson now was in that spot that Dabo kind of likes. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're undefeated and still kind of not really respected and people aren't in is DJ really improved or like, I mean, they struggled for about three quarters last week against a a bad BC team on the road. So this is going to be a massive test for them. Going on the road uh, against a team with a heck of a lot more talent than BC.
1: Yeah. And don't get me wrong, man. It's, you know, it's far from a certainty here that, that I feel great about it. It's a line that stinks. And I like Florida State this year a lot. And I'm still not at a position. I think Florida State's defense is pretty dang good. I really do. I think they're yes, pretty do solid. Too. So we'll see whether or not they can disrupt things. For DJ Ui Still a few more games I want to get to. Some very intriguing lines to me. NC State on the road at Syracuse. Can't imagine Devin well, Leary's gonna go. I think he's yeah,
0: out. It, no, it didn't is isn't can't you read between the lines with what Dave Doran said that it's something what it that they like. hope? They hope to get him back this this year. It could be six weeks. I I, I can't imagine him playing this week. And th- this feels like a like a dead under type of game because you're dealing with the Syracuse offense that while Garrett Schrader has been been pretty good they you're going against a very good defense uh, right. in NC state that should probably be able to snuff out a lot of what they do offensively but like how i don't know how you can play this game not fully knowing for sure if Larry is not playing i think you can if you are looking to play it i would assume that he's not uh but but at the same time this is a Syracuse team that really should have lost to Purdue really should have lost to Virginia uh, who's who's awful. Like, I don't know. You, you, want, you want to get behind laying three, three and a half, four points at home with, the, uh, with with a team that's probably uh, not one of the, uh, the, the stronger undefeated teams out there, and I think they're probably just laying points. It, it, it's basically the line is what the line is because they're at home and NC State's not going to have their quarterback. And if they don't, I mean, we saw that they couldn't complete a forward pass last week. So under, I think. Would be the play for me, maybe a uh, or, or just both team, both team, team totals under as well. Um, because I can't see this one, uh, being a very high
1: scoring game. 42 and a half currently, the total there between NC State and Syracuse, Minnesota, and Illinois. Still, not no word yet on Illinois whether Tommy DeVito will be available as of right now. As we're sitting here taping this, no word yet. Uh, that line down from forty and a half to thirty nine and a half. Minnesota's been great on defense. Mo Ibrahim, too, by the way. No word on whether or not he's going to play, he, but I just he, going you
0: know, I've read that he he's he's expected to play.
1: Yeah, I'd be he surprised was, if he, he didn't. Have, yeah. So, yes, but uh, in the line right now at six and a half would tell me that they, you know Devito very much up in the air. And if it's Sitkowski, oh, I know there's a run first oh, approach.
0: You You can't play Illinois. If it's Sikowski, you cannot play Illinois.
1: Can't do it. But if it's Tommy DeVito, it's full go to me. I like the Illini at home. They're playing well. And shoot, if I can buy it up to seven and maybe get that touchdown, that key football number, man, I love the Illini in this spot. But I got to find out about the health of their quarterback.
0: Right. That's a... That's one of the this this, this this of all of the I mean, and there are a ton of quarterback issues out there, and I got burned by one last week, uh, knowing that Molly Cunningham wasn't going to play, so I took Virginia on the board, and, and instead of Notre Dame <laughs> against B- BYU, one was an easy winner, and and one was uh, and, and one was a a, a, reci- a recipient of the uh, the closing line value, uh, dumpster fire. So right, uh, that, that just because so. Even sometimes you, you you know things you get information and you're getting the best of the number, uh, it's still not a winner. But but I think in this instance, if you, if you get some information on Devito one way or another, I, I I think that this of all the games out there that have some court, some quarterback and some injury questions, this is the one where the injury I think is really most vital because without Devito, Illinois has no chance.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement there. Same thing. Let's follow the trend. Arkansas on the road at BYU. Interesting game, non-conference game. If K.J. Jefferson can't go, and we find out, and Arkansas is currently a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road at BYU, Arkansas's biggest issue is their secondary, and Jaron Hall with a full complement of wide receivers will tee it up. Big time against that group. So if K.J. Jefferson can't go, this is a push all the chips on BYU, but you better get a good indicator early.
0: Yeah, it, 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 this is a BYU offense that, that's really started to struggle once they've played uh, some, some better competition. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, w- w- with those receivers healthy now, could they potentially give Arkansas a problem? This feels like a get-right game for Arkansas, though. I I know, I know it's on the road and they're traveling west. But with with Jefferson being back, uh, coming off of is he back
1: though? Do we know for sure?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm uh, based on what I've been reading. Yeah, based on what I am reading, uh, he'll he'll be back. Uh, You would if it is
1: quarterback run killed BYU with Utah State. Now that was a little bit of the element of surprise. And KJ Jefferson is Cooper Lega on steroids. So I I think that <laughs> if I know KJ's going to me, it's full go on Arkansas. I really like Arkansas. I think you're getting them on sale too, uh, especially knowing that there is some uncertainty there.
0: Yeah, the the only thing you need to worry about is just these this these string this string of of games and, and, and losses. Uh, is it a spot where it's just wearing on them now and the and the the season's kind of spiraling down in a way that they didn't necessarily want it to, or is this a, a spot where they, they, they kind of approach the game with a little more urgency and anger and uh, they are the better team they got out there and win.
1: All right, finally, Bear, we'll get your take on this one. LSU and Florida. LSU currently a two-and-a-half-point dog mm. on the road in the swamp. I'm calling the game. Mm. Uh, I think these two teams are so similar. Uh, so, it's very difficult for me to to really be able to assess one versus the other. I'll allow you to the floor to do that since I'm on the call, anyways. Ooh. Is there a lean that you have?
0: No, there, there there really isn't because right now you're looking at a Florida offense that is struggling mightily. Uh, the, the, the forward pass is a big time problem. And at the same time, LSU is kind of going through those same things. Uh, this is probably a situation where. Uh, it's going to be more of a lower-scoring type game. I would think LSU plus the points might be the play, but but I, I don't feel great about it at all. I, I think Florida's got a lot of problems, uh, not just on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Hard to argue with that. I, I think Florida – and LSU both offensively have their fair share of challenges, but they also have their fair share of firepower with their quarterbacks. I mean, there's no yeah. telling. I mean, Jaden Daniels or Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson goes off, you never know. Uh, so it'll be an interesting game there on ESPN late at night on Saturday night. Uh, anything else you love, Bear? As we wind this thing down.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been looking, and I'm really having a hard time uh, finding something else this week. That uh, from a little a little bit off the board, I, I think. Texas having that road game against Oklahoma State next week, I think it would be normally be a, spot a lot of that points. You <laughs> want to play against the Longhorns, but at the same time, how can you trust Iowa State? I mean, they're, the quarterback play is terrible; uh, they can't score points. I'd, I'd probably steer clear of that. I mean, Tulane is a team that I really like. You want, but you want to lay tw- it's up to twelve now on the road against South Florida with the home game uh, against Memphis next week. So th- those are a couple that I'm uh, that I'm looking at that are a little off of the radar.
1: What about uh, what about Duke, North Carolina? Nothing there, golly! I can't believe you didn't wow bite there on the yeah, triangle rivalry.
0: Duke, yeah, Duke's a bad team.
1: It,
0: it, it, it's the North Carolina. It's funny. I mean, I know it's been Miami and Virginia Tech, but they've actually made a couple of plays the last couple of weeks and, and are looking better. I know. Uh, they gave up a bunch of passing yards against against Miami, but they did get the big uh, fourth-down turnover last week. Uh, they've got the best quarterback, and they've got the best offense and the best unit on the field. Do I want to lay seven points? I don't know, but uh, I'd expect North Carolina to win this game.
1: All right, great stuff, buddy. We really appreciate it, man. Good luck this week, and I know I know you're going to take it to them and keep hammering the books like you have so far this we're, year. We're,
0: we're, we're going to try. Uh, all Those guys uh, – this guy put the whammy on me last week on the set when uh, giving me the, uh, all the props and fired up an zero and three. But that was that was due <laughs> after five straight two and ones. You, you knew I didn't like the week going into the week. Right, I knew it was going to be a tough week, and uh, uh, the, the results on the board and in my uh, in my in my contests out in Vegas certainly showed. But we but th- this week I feel a lot better about.
1: It. Yeah, last week was a tricky one. There's no denying that. Bear, great stuff, buddy. We'll see you next week.
0: Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play!
1: That'll do it for us here at Always College Football. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It really helps the show out, whether that's on ESPN's YouTube channel or if you're here with us via the podcast on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, please hit us up. It's really, really helpful. And we're just trying to get better and tailor the content to you. So any interaction with us really helps us out. You can also do that on our social media at AlwaysCFB. That's on Instagram or on Twitter. Or you can email the show at AlwaysCollegeFootball.com at gmail.com so we appreciate all those interactions and it really like i said we'll get back with you we'll interact with you and we'll continue to celebrate this game on a daily basis for all of us here at always college football for jack for jack for mark i'm greg hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you tomorrow right here on always college football.